You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. Follow along on social media at Collected Workshops, and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and to learn more. The Collected Podcast is sponsored by Clean Juice, a certified organic nutrition and wellness bar with more than 100 locations in development in 16 states. Learn more at cleanjuice.com. Welcome to episode 36 of The Collected Podcast. I'm Jess Biondo. I'm Tia McNelly. And I'm Thomas Floyd. Hey, Thomas. Hey, Hi, welcome back, Thomas. I'm glad to be here. Um, so Michaela had to leave for the second part of our interview. We will miss her, yes. but we're so excited to still have Thomas here. Listeners, if you have not yet listened to part one of um, Thomas's interview, you need to go back and listen to that first because he today is um, teaching us more about the Enneagram and without the foundation that he laid last week, you may be a little lost right now. So pause, go back, listen, rate, review, <laughs> and then come back. <laughs> and share. Don't forget to share. And share. Yeah. And then um, we're going to pick up right where we left off last week. Um, so last week we talked about eight, nine, and one in the anger triad. Mm-hmm. And um, now we're picking up with the shame triad. Yeah. The, the heart triad. The heart triad. The heart I guess slash. that's the better way. I guess to shame it. is the thing that they they struggle with. The so, root yeah, motivation. Yeah, H nines and ones struggle with anger. Mm. Um, so so it, it's the heart triad, but the thing that they go to a lot of times is shame. Yeah. Yeah. So being with the heart triad hit both Jess and I. So this will be interesting. All, all three of us in this conversation are oh, in the heart triad because I'm right. a four. This we have a two, a three, and a four. <laughs> all right, let's do this heart triad. Mm. All right, so. Twos. Yeah. So twos are known as the helpers. They are, I would say, the number that is most focused on relationships. They are incredibly relational people. Uh, they have, when they go into a room, they are able to identify what the need, the emotional need is for individuals. The, um, the twos I know just go into a room and and just know who needs to be helped and there's a that's a beautiful thing right mm-hmm. like that that can really be a positive i think when twos are unhealthy their whole identity is um surrounding uh their need to help and that can not always be a good thing because mm-hmm. sometimes they can overhelp and twos uh, also, they can be very, we're talking about um, the heart triad, so they perceive the world through their emotions, but twos are always focused on other people's emotions. They actually, if you were to ask a two, how, do you, how are you feeling right now? They don't, they can't always answer that question well because they're so focused on other people. So they're, they're thinking, well, I don't know, how are you feeling? And so uh, a lot of twos that I've spoken with have a really hard time identifying what they need. Um, so that's a little bit about twos, um, but they're they're incredibly relational, uh, mm-hmm. probably the most relational number on the Enneagram, and are always willing to help. Um, but when they're unaware and they're unhealthy, they can get frustrated that other people aren't helping them the same way that they're mm-hmm. helping, and so uh, that that can lead to all kinds of fun relationship problems (laughs) would you say that sometimes because i've heard this before i think jess and i kind of explored this at one point that sometimes the helping the way that they help Mm -hmm. or the motivation behind the helping at times maybe in unhealthy seasons can be 
almost manipulative. Oh yeah. Or controlling. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely be. A hundred percent. Jess has been doing a lot of nodding over there, by the way. Yeah, you're a two. Yeah. What, what's, does that resonate with you? Oh, yeah. The root sin of a two is pride. Right. And you would never expect that from a two because they seem like, you know, the stereotypical, like, bleeding heart, friendly, helpful. <laughs> but the pride of the two is that I believe I know what you need more than you yes. do. Yes. And so I'm going to do what you need or I'm going to be what you need. Yeah. No matter what it costs me. Right. And so since I gave of myself, then on the flip side, why aren't you giving of yourself? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it can become manipulative because, you know, a two may be helping you or doing something for you, expecting you to love them in return. Yes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of- Expectations are yeah. the root of bitterness. And mm. the lie that the two often believes is that I can't be loved if you don't need me. Mm. So I have to make sure people need me in yeah. order to- no, believe that they would love me. And their core desire, they just want to be wanted. Mm-hmm. If you get to the bottom of their help is because they want they want that to be reciprocated. Yeah. They, they want, want you. They I want you. <laughs> <laughs> I you, want you in my life. <laughs> yeah. So they they there's this desire to being to being wanted. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a little about twos. That's good. Yeah. Do you guys want to move on to threes? Sure. Yeah. Oh wait, what's the stance for a two? Uh, they're in the dependent stance. Dependent. Oh, true. That would because make they're sense. always focused on other people Got and it. meeting other people's needs. Got it. All so, right. Uh, uh, the last thing I'll say about twos is one of the ways for inner transformation and growth is I would say to journal about what you want outside of other people, mm-hmm. and to also uh, not. Uh, a lot of twos I've heard spend eighty-five to ninety percent thinking about relationships or not maybe not just thinking but just like well yeah it is thinking they're thinking about relationships what and so getting that percentage down to maybe like 60 percent or 70 percent is growth not because it i mean relationships are a good thing but when that's all you're focused on Mm -hmm. it can it can become all of your identity outside of who you are so that's and what I would say for twos to work on. Jess, I can see where um, three years ago when you started doing this work, um, you became so much secure, much more secure in who you are. Thank you. And um, you you gained a greater understanding of what you wanted in life. Mm-hmm. And that was hard. And it required a lot of solitude, mm-hmm. mm, um, which good. is what the two avoids. Yeah. Because when you're alone – yeah. And you turn off all the Netflix and all the things, and you have to actually acknowledge you have needs or, yes. you know, start to look at those. And that's really hard. But mm-hmm. doing that it can be like really you, transformational. It sounds like you've really done some work. Because a lot of twos wouldn't, they, they, they wouldn't even, they wouldn't have even gotten to that point. So mm-hmm. good for you. That's good. She's very healthy. <laughs> yeah. I've been avoiding solitude right now, so... <laughs> Means I got to get back to it. <laughs> I don't know what I'm avoiding else, else in my life, but let's move on to threes. <laughs> Speaking of avoiding, mm, so threes—they yep. are—they um, are the achievers slash performers, and like I said, these na- these labels are are just as a way to get us thinking about uh, what they are uh, just known for. So threes um, have this desire to succeed. I would also say twos, threes, and fours 
are the most image conscious numbers on the Enneagram. That's really important to think about. They deal with it in different ways, but I would say at the root, uh, image is incredibly important for these numbers. So threes, um, they have this desire to succeed. And the desire to succeed does not necessarily mean like being the CEO of a company. Because I think sometimes when we think about threes, it's like, oh yeah, those are the people that that the corporate world loves. And they do really well in the corporate world, but there's a lot, a lot, a lot of threes in the nonprofit sector and the social justice world. Like whenever they latch on to something that is that they deem as successful, they're gonna get that thing. And that doesn't necessarily mean making $300,000 a year. Because I think a lot of times people are threes that are just like, oh, they just wanna make a lot of money. That's a, that's a faulty way of thinking about threes. Whatever success looks like. So there's a lot of pastors that are threes. There's a lot of whatever your career is, you will achieve whatever, or you will, you will, um, you will strive to do whatever you have to do to succeed. Um, and so, the thing to remember too, Enneagram teachers say that we live in a three country. And so we are incredibly doing oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we live, not all countries are threes. We live in a three country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, performance and doing like just success is incredibly, incredibly important. Um, when I've spoken with threes, what they say is, yeah, that's great. But what you guys don't realize is that we're doing this for you guys. Like, I think that's what gets missed a lot of times with threes. They like, they get pegged as, oh, you're being selfish. But what they're thinking in their, in their mind is I'm doing this for you. Like I'm trying to, the, the reason I'm doing what I'm doing is for you. And so, um, so I would say when threes are unaware they can leave wreckage like eights. They're actually, they can be really similar to eights. They don't often understand the um, the relational mess that they can leave because they attach themselves to a goal and then it doesn't matter. They're going to they're gonna get that goal, whatever it is. And if that means working 80 hours, if that means not answering your answering your texts, whatever, whatever it might mean, they're so, they're so, um, like focused on what that is that they, they'll just do anything to, to achieve that. And so, um, yeah, that's a little bit about threes. I think we, um, threes are in the heart triad. So it's really interesting because they, they perceive the world through their emotions but then they never make decisions based on their emotions. Like you don't meet a whole lot of threes that they, they see the world. So they go into the room and they're like, okay, this is what I need to do to be successful or to, to appear successful. But then they, they're actually able to put that aside and to actually make their decisions on things that aren't emotions. And that's a superpower as a four. I'm like, wow, that's, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I think we, like every other number, we have to have a lot of grace for threes. I th- a lot of numbers get a bad rap. I think threes get a bad rap sometimes because we have experiences sometimes with threes that are not always positive, especially when they're unaware. When threes are unaware, they will just do whatever they have to do to get to the goal, and they don't often realize the amount of things that they leave behind. So. Mm. I just had like 18 realizations while you were talking. (laughs) 
one was, so I'm a three. Mm-hmm. And um, one was when I was about 12 or 13 and my parents were separated and we were in the midst of this like horrific custody battle. I was forced to see a psychiatrist mm. and take a personality test. I don't know what test it was at this time. But in the end, the result that they gave us was it's actually quite unclear because she answered the questions the way that she thought we wanted her to answer them in a way that mm. made her look good. Mm. And I had forgotten about that until you were talking just now. Mm. Um, and then... Um, yeah, there were a couple other things that really rang true for me. The whole like, yes, we go, we want, like, I want to accomplish things. Yeah. Like, I want this podcast and our workshop business to be wildly successful. I want my book to be at the top of the New York Times bestseller once it's published, bestseller list once it's published, because I truly believe that the work we are doing matters mm-hmm. and that the world will be a better place mm-hmm. because of our achievements, mm-hmm. yeah. what we can accomplish together. So your word for the year was accelerate. <laughs> yeah, well, I think our word for collected, yeah, was was accelerate. My word is restore. So oh, yeah. I'm doing my work this year too. Well, you, you gave collected the word accelerate. I did, which is uh, hilarious. Yeah. Whereas I gave us hold course. But we can do both. We can do both. Nice. And if we hold course and go straight, we can accelerate really fast. Really fast. You guys are really tapping into who you are there. Oh, yeah. Right. For sure. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing that I wanted to comment on that you mentioned was that you said that we are living in, in a three nation, a doing nation. Mm-hmm. And that's so interesting to me because, um, oh, and the whole nonprofit thing. Yeah. Totally me as right. well. Like very much identified with a lot of things you said. But in my work in Kenya, when we're training to take people to Kenya, we have to make sure that Americans understand the difference between a warm climate culture and a cold climate culture. Mm. And the way that we describe our nation is that we're we're kind of a, a cold climate culture mm. and that we're very task-oriented. If yes. you think about it being cold outside, yes. you quickly want to get your tasks done and move on. And relationship is secondary to that. Yeah. So when we go to Kenya, it's a very warm climate culture and it's very relational. I would call it a two nation (laughs) for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, It's, it's relationship first, always help others succeed. Mm. They're constantly fundraising for each other's needs, coming together as a community to make sure everybody's helped. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's just interesting to me to think about um, the, the ways that uh, the, the nation that I live in Mm. um, have probably helped shape yes. my threeness a bit. Yes. So anyway, those were my reflections on yeah, what you shared. I think sometimes a lot of people, whether it be in Europe or Africa or South America, they're always so shocked by how many hours we work here. Yeah. You know, like it's, yeah. it just really surprises them. So uh, I'm not saying that's a terrible thing. It's just good to be aware that there are, um, there can be dangers in that if we're not unaware of how much we're just going and going and going and going. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And so one last thing. I like to talk about myself, obviously, but <laughs> um, my my word for this year, Jess, as you were saying, is is so a word for collected is accelerate, but mm-hmm. my personal word is restore. And mm-hmm. my husband just bought me a necklace from um, the Crowning Jewels, and the word that they gave me was rest. And oh, wow. and yeah, and and it was interesting because I mean the beginning of restore is rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and Thomas, you were asking me in another conversation if I find it difficult to rest. Mm-hmm. Um, which can be a challenge for threes yes. for sure. But it's so interesting to me that that messaging came across to me personally. 
Mm -hmm. um, through that prophetic jewelry. If you guys don't know the crowning jewels, definitely check them out. We'll link to that. But anyhow, okay, on to the four. 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 So the fours on the Enneagram are called the individualists. Uh, I identify as a four. I didn't think I was a four because of the title of it. I didn't think I was an individualist. So just as a reminder (laughs) that, you know, like labels can be deceiving sometimes. But I would say that fours are, uh, they focus on what is missing and they have a need to be known and to be seen. And Mm -hmm. I don't think every number wants to be known and to be seen. But I think fours have this desire to be known and to be seen. And um, they are comfortable with melancholy. And melancholy is different than sadness. Mm. And melancholy is different than depression. I think that's really important. So sometimes for people that aren't aware, they may try to cheer fours up and say, like, what's the matter? What's going on? Fours are just comfortable, I think, at times with with just melancholy, with like tapping into things that other numbers would be like, why are you watching this sad movie on purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And so... um, if you're in a relationship with a four, the very worst thing you can do is to, like try to cheer them up mm-hmm. immediately. Uh, except the better thing, uh, the better thing to do is to um, to be with them in in that and be like, I'm sorry, you know, try to empathize yeah. with that person. And so um, I think that for struggle in relationships, uh, they push and they pull and they push and they pull. Uh, they think you're going to leave, so they just draw super close, and then they do the opposite um, as a way to protect themselves. Um, Suzanne says, I'm not just saying this because I'm a four, but Suzanne and others say that fours are the most complex number on the Enneagram. There are fewer fours than any other number on the Enneagram. Um, and so, um, yeah, if you're in a relationship with a four, uh, God bless your soul, Sarah Floyd. Um, it, you were, it's... It, it fours that haven't done work, fours that are not intentionally healthy, it's hard to be in a relationship with them. It's, it's just hard because their, their emotional internal world is so vast and it's so deep. And they th- when they're unhealthy, they're like, you'll never understand me. You'll never know what's going on here. There's so much depth and you're trying these surface solution-oriented things. And so anyways, like every other number, they have a lot to work on. But that's a little bit about fours. They're incredibly creative. Mm-hmm. Um, they, um, there's, a, a high pro- there's a high number of artists um, that are fours on the Enneagram. So they're very, they can be incredibly musical, artistic. And so, yeah. What Maybe kind of- being in touch with emotion. Oh, yeah. Feeds that creativity. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fours and twos can look very similar. Mm-hmm. They can look very similar. I would say the difference is that twos are always focused on other people's emotions. Mm-hmm. Fours, like for me, I'm v- I think I'm thinking about other people, but oftentimes I internalize it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so fours, fours that are unhealthy struggle with narcissism more than any other number on the Enneagram. Really? They can make it about themselves so quickly. Mm-hmm. Like they can just, they can go there really, really, really quickly. And so um, forces have to be aware that 
this is this is the mantra for fours and not weird Buddhist mantras. Okay, uh, <laughs> but fours mantra is no emotion is final, no emotion is final, and sometimes when you're in the middle of that sadness or you're the middle of struggling with whatever you're struggling with, you have to force yourself, even though it feels like you can't. It affects people when you stay in sadness for forever. So mm-hmm. when I'm in moments where I'm struggling, I literally force myself to get out of bed because it really affects Sarah if I stay there for any longer. Mm-hmm. And so for a four, that's like, well, that's not authentic. I get that. You know, or like, how can I do that when I'm feeling this? It's a practice that takes time. And what Sarah would probably say about me is that it's not that I don't have ups and downs, but it's that the the extremes mm-hmm. are not what they used to be. And it's much more... I'm using my hand. You guys can't see this, but it's like... It's, the waves are smaller. Yeah, the waves are smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what growth has looked like for me over the years. This week, we are sponsored by Clean Juice, one of the fastest growing juice companies in the country. Franchises all over the place. Yeah. If you don't have one near you, maybe you are supposed to just open a franchise. Hey. Hey. <laughs> um, but not only do they have juices, they have coffee Yeah, at our local clean juice. They're all locally owned. Um, so they partner with a local coffee shop with organic roasted coffee. Yeah. And it's delicious. They definitely pride themselves on being two things, locally owned and organic. Mm-hmm. Not just sometimes, not just when they can, but all the time, everything in, in a clean juice store is going to be organic. And I'm super excited because they just launched two new products. They launched these green wah, but it's like super funny for me to say still. But it's like greens and quinoa. So they're calling them green wah bowls. Mm. They're so good. Oh they're my gosh. packed with protein. I haven't had one yet. I'm getting one tomorrow. You better, because <laughs> they're delicious. <laughs> there are all different, um, all different styles on the menu, so different flavor profiles, and um, and then they have delicious dressings alongside them, and uh, and then they also added a couple new toasts. So their avocado toast, they have one that now has egg on it. So you get that protein punch on your toast, which is super great. So I love that they're constantly innovating, constantly expanding their menu. There's always something new at Clean Juice. So definitely get out there. Go ahead and download the app if you aren't sure where the closest one is. And I'm sure you'll be able to find one near you. Check them out. So we, we covered twos, threes, and fours in the heart triad. Yes. And so our last and final group, yes. our last triad is the head triad, right? Yeah. Yeah. So people in the head triad perceive the world um, through their thoughts. So they're very in their heads about life. And that can, like I said, that can be a good thing. It can, it can also be a negative at times. But I would say uh, that after nines, Fives have the most limited amount of energy. They have the same amount of energy uh, every day. Um, And they are incredibly research-oriented. They have this desire for knowledge um, and for just um, objectivity. Fives, I would say, are probably the most objective number on the Enneagram. They're not swayed by... They look like nines sometimes, honestly, because they're not swayed by people's emotions. Like, they're just like, well, what's the truth? Mm-hmm. Like, what are the facts? What What is – and they don't care if, for example, if you're politically conservative, they don't care that 
the left might have the answer and that like affects their emotions about it because no, the left has the answer on this or vice versa. If, if they're politically left and the right has the answer, it's like, oh, well, let's just, let's do this. Let's do what conservatives are saying because it makes sense. And so they, they are incredibly objective, rational, um, individuals. Um, and so I think they overthink a lot. Um, my husband's a five. I'm just like, you're (laughs) describing him to a T. And so they think they overthink a lot. And because of that, they have a hard time showing up in relationships. Fives have a hard time, especially for people in the hard triad, because they get overwhelmed by people's emotions. They don't really know what to do. You can't really trust an emotion. What's the fact behind the emotion? Like, all the left brain stuff, it's like, and, and so if you are in a relationship with someone like that, it can just be really, 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 really hard. Um, and also really beautiful because because right is right and wrong is wrong. Yeah. And like these are the facts. Absolutely. They can be the most considerate. Oh, yeah. Like this is this is the thing that is mm. right and that's the end on it. Like yes. I'm, I can put myself aside yes. because – it's clear the facts are this mm-hmm. is the nice thing to do. This mm-hmm. is the right way to treat people. I think every lead pastor, every CEO, every person should have a mentor or someone in their corner that's a five. Yeah. Because they are the most objective number on the Enneagram. Yeah. They can look at the facts and they can know exactly what needs to be done. That's so true. Um, mm-hmm. So I, yeah, if you're a lead pastor or if you're a nonprofit sector, what, what, whatever you're leading, I think having a five on your team yeah. is invaluable. It's yeah. incredibly invaluable. They bring so much to, to life. So much knowledge. Yes. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting. My whole family, I mean, we have you know two teenage daughters and we yeah. kind of nerd out on the Enneagram sometimes. And, and so um, the other day my daughter had, uh, she lost a library book. Mm. And she went to the library and the librarian said, this was a $45 book. You, if you can find it cheaper, that's mm. fine. But if not, then you owe the library $45. So she brought it home, all the information about the book, and she slid the piece of paper over to my husband, and she said, Daddy, can you five out on this for us? <laughs> See if you can find this book cheaper somewhere. Yeah. Because if somebody's going to find it, it's him. And he always, like anything that comes up in conversation, he's going to take time to understand yes. it and research it. And that includes, sometimes that includes feelings like he's gonna take time to try to understand my feelings like no one else in my life it's not that fives don't have feelings but they have to think about their feelings before they have those feelings so the the thought is very much related to their feelings Mm -hmm. so he's the most self-controlled person i've ever known they're oh that's interesting yes they're curious also incredibly this thirst for knowledge and wisdom comes out of a place of deep curiosity Mm -hmm. to know enough about the world to to just this drive for knowledge just sometimes can consume them. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think is that also, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's kind of rooted to this idea that if I have all the knowledge, I won't need people. Yes, yes. And this need for independence and not needing anyone. Yes. So their need for privacy, mm-hmm. like fives are some of the most private people on the Enneagram because if they can accumulate stuff, then they won't have to rely on anybody. A lot of what you hear from fives is, do I need to do that? Is that really necessary? Mm -hmm. Is that a necessity? Like 
their obsession with the word need yeah. is actually kind of funny. Some I just don't think that way. You know, I, I don't think, but they, they, um, yeah, they're they're very private people a lot of yeah. times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you put an unhealthy five with an unhealthy two. <laughs> someone <laughs> who thrives work. on being needed and someone who thrives on not needing anyone. Yeah. <laughs> I did that once. I, I, I was going to ask, <laughs> is there a story coming? Yeah. <laughs> That's the end of that story. <laughs> you can just imagine. It, I mean, yeah. it didn't work out. <laughs> but I feel like we both grew from it and yeah. realized sure. a sure. lot of our unhealthy areas. Yeah. And it was a really like valuable learning experience. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But because I also believe that any number can be in successful relationship with any other I number. totally agree. Yep. I totally um, agree. It just is a matter of both people being healthy, be healthy and encouraging each other yes. toward health. I love Suzanne Stabile's new book, The Path Between Us. Oh, yeah. That is such a great tool for like making making a connection of like how you can be successful in relationship yes. with any other, other other number. So check that book out for sure. Yeah, it's really really good. All right, so we need to cover the six and the seven. Still. Okay, Let's I know go into we're the killing the sevens by putting them last. I know <laughs> they're I'm like s- I'm sorry, my sweet seven friends. Turn. Mm. Um, okay, six. So the sixes they're called the loyalists, um, and. If you are a six, you, by the way, Enneagram teachers believe that uh, there are more sixes than any other number in the Enneagram, especially mm-hmm. in our American context. Interesting. Um, they, their desire is for the common good. So they have this desire for what is best for everybody. They're, they are other people oriented. They're, they think about others a lot. Um, so, but if you're... If you're in a relationship with a six, uh, they are going to be in that relationship for a really, really long time if they buy in. Um, there are two kinds of sixes. That's important to know. There's a phobic six and a counterphobic six. Um, a phobic six, oh, oh, before I talk about that, uh, they struggle with anxiety and fear. Because of that, they can become incredibly skeptical when they're unhealthy, and their decisions can be based on, I think, fear. I think we need to be careful in uh, the Christian world that we all live in. I'm not for fear. I think fear is not a good thing. But when we make blanket statements and we say, well, stop being, stop tapping into fear, I get that we don't want to do that. I also get that a majority of us struggle with it more than any other number on the Enneagram. And so I think we have to be really cautious. Well, actually, the word's not cautious. We need to be aware yeah. of the ways. And, and this, this has huge implications for Christianity and our faith. When we understand that this person's struggle is different than mine, we can have empathy for yeah. them and talk to them in a way that's not like, well, just, you know, just toughen up. Well, your be- bootstraps up yeah, and get over it. Yeah. I mean, there's, I, I just think we need to be aware. Um, it's really good, of Thomas. That. Yeah, and so, um, but phobic and counterphobic. It's important to remember that um, sixes think about authority a lot. They think about authority figures. So when we're talking about phobic sixes, they will comply with authority um, because the authority is the standard. And so um, these are also individuals that will lean into that authority and will not defy. Now, if you're a counterphobic six, 
counterphobic sixes are distrustful of authority and they can actually they look like eights a lot of times if you're not careful because they will they will challenge the heck out of you because they don't want people to be manipulated by an authority figure. So that's that's kind of the difference between phobic and counterphobic sixes. If you have a six friend, you have a really good friend. Mm -hmm. They're loyal, they're loving. They're prepared. They're prepared. Oh they they do a lot of worst case scenario thinking. And so my wife is actually excellent in crisis because she has already thought about all the potential things that could go wrong and she has an answer. And so even in I I, rel I really rely on her a lot in, in a ministry setting because if something goes awry, she actually knows what to do pretty quickly. Well, I might have to take a second to process through it. Mm -hmm. So they, they bring so much, just like every other number does, There's they bring a lot to, to the world. And so, yeah, yeah. that's... My very best friend in the world that has I've known for 20 years, um, she is a six and she's a counterphobic six. Mm. And yeah, trust is definitely a hard thing for oh, her. Yeah. Is very uh, she's extremely skeptical of people's motives. Mm -hmm. um, but that also helps her make very good um, yes. assessments of yes. of people when she's choosing who to partner with in her nonprofit. Yeah. Um, and the other thing is that uh, she she was a, a an ICU nurse. Oh wow! So you're right. The whole crisis ready thinking. Yes. She's already got a plan in place for any and every emergency that could come up in our lives, which heard, I do appreciate. <laughs> yeah. I've heard Enneagram teachers say that sixes are the people that are stopping everyone else in the Enneagram from going to war with each other because they're devoted to the common good. good. So because they're devoted to the common good, they're the ones that are often like, okay, let's ease up. Like you're being a little too much. You're like, mm -hmm. it, it kind of seems like a nine peacemaker, but it's different because it's it's a reliance on security instead of just straight up peacemaking. So That's good. Wow. I love sixes, yeah. but it's because I'm married to one. So <laughs> she's great. We've uh, got great sixes in our lives too. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sevens? Sure. Ready for sevens? Let's do it. <laughs> Sorry you had to wait so long, sevens. So sevens are the enthusiasts um and they are just the life of the party. They have this uh, this strong desire for fun, for pleasure, to just see the world. Um, and so they they are just incredible. They're planners. Uh, and so they want to have, they will plan the best trip to Europe or the best whatever. And so they, they're in the thinking triad because they spend a lot of time thinking about what could be the best thing ever. Mm. Um, they, um, when they are unaware they will avoid anything painful at all costs, at all costs. Um, they are master reframers. Mm. They can reframe anything into a positive, anything into a positive. Now, threes have a reframing quality, but it's not to have the most fun, pleasurable, like awesome experience. Threes can reframe anything into a successful thing. So the difference between threes and sevens is the reframing into success versus reframing into just like, gluttony of just like fun stuff right <laughs> and so um there's there's a subtle difference there um i think i've heard several enneagram teachers say that sevens are more prone to addiction than any other number on the enneagram mm. um and so it's just important to know that about sevens that they, they can be very compulsive when they're unaware 
but sevens that do work that they sevens that have done some soul work just are they just light up a room and they are also very much willing to um they get to a point where they just don't ignore hard things Mm -hmm. they're 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 able to to sit with people uh in their pain and so uh, they struggle with routine. Seven struggle with routine because it's the same thing over and over again. And they live to have experiences. They want to have experiences. So. Or Michaela is a seven. Yeah. Yeah. She's, yeah. Yeah. Talk about life of the party, mm-hmm. light of a room. <laughs> mm-hmm. Super capable of sitting with people in their pain. Yeah. Because she's super healthy. Yeah. She's done some work. Yeah. Yeah. Sevens are awesome. My daughter, Sarah, she's 13, and you're not supposed to type teenagers, we know. But when she learned about the Enneagram, she was like, I'm seven. I'm seven, (laughs) and I love it, and sevens are awesome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She's really latched onto that. And then a lot of what you said does does definitely describe her, though we don't want to, like, put her in a box before her time. But Yeah. It's pretty great. How do you feel about – you work with youth. How do you feel about Enneagram – the Enneagram and youth. So this is another, oh, how do I feel about just yeah. thinking about different people? Yeah, like. Yeah, I'm I'm for it. I may you? not tell them that. Yeah. Um, but She's self-identified. Yeah. Yeah. Like if she d- wants to do it, that's great. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a difference of opinion with people in the Enneagram too among whether to type people or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are people, people that have done this work think that. By the time you're five, your personality is pretty like set. And so you actually know what your Enneagram number is. Interesting. But I think the reason there's some hesitancy is because when you put that on someone, that's a, like they have to live up to that expectation. Yeah. And so um, I think we just have to be careful with that. But yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if you already know what Sarah's Enneagram number is. Yeah. Or what Maya's Enneagram number is. We struggle with Maya's. Yeah. Yeah. We she she does too. And she's done a lot of work, believe it or mm. not. She's done a lot of studying. They even studied the Enneagram in her leadership class at school. Oh, wow. Yeah, which was which is really helpful to her. Yes. Um, but yeah, she and 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 so I see where an adolescent could, in an effort to conform, mm-hmm. maybe be swayed to yes. look at themselves in a way that's not true to who they really are. Yeah. And so um yeah, so I I think it can be risky, but we've we've obviously talked with our kids like this isn't this isn't your identity. Sure, your yeah. identity is Christ in yeah. you. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Anyway, well, so what are we've covered all the numbers now? Yes. Mm-hmm. What are your favorite resources? Like, if mm. you could point, you said the road back to you as you go to opener, and then the path between us, the path between us, which is really focused on relationships. Okay, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then if you're into podcasts, mm-hmm. um, obviously collective podcast is awesome. You should listen to collective, but, um, um, Ian Morgan Cron has the typology podcast, which I faithfully listen to. I and love it. Suzanne Stabile has a podcast called the Enneagram journey. Yes. I, I think that they both offer different things. There's things like there's things that Suzanne highlights that Ian doesn't and there's things that Ian highlights that Suzanne doesn't Mm -hmm. so they're they're just and each each Enneagram teacher like there's just certain things that kind of that that's their thing so like Suzanne has a really big focus on stances Mm -hmm. um, and she's got a really big focus on orientation to time 
orientation to time is a game changer. Mm -hmm. When you figure out the three sevens and eights, orientation to time is always to the future. It helps you have a lot of compassion for them. When when you realize that people in the withdrawn stance, fours, fives, and nines are focused on the past, it helps you have a lot of compassion for them. When you realize that ones, twos, and sixes, orientation time is to the present, and they can't do any future planning, you go from, oh my gosh, to, oh, that makes a little more sense. And so all of this... All, every piece of Enneagram work should lead you to have more compassion for people. It should lead you. If it's not leading you to have more compassion for people, put it away and come back to it later. I'm serious. If it's not leading you to have more compassion. So, um, so yeah, I would say, um, I would say those books, uh, those podcasts, if you, if you want, um, if you just want a website where you can kind of like look at some of the types uh, and look at some just overall information, I would say the Enneagram Institute mm-hmm. is really good. So EnneagramInstitute.com. And it kind of gives you an overview. It's really cool because it gives you people's names of like different like potential famous people that mm-hmm. were specific numbers. So um, Is that who put out the Ennea app? No, that's somebody else. I, uh, the I Ennea love that. app is Excellent. I love I it. I use it a lot. Me too. He, I'm pretty sure the person that put it out was a psychotherapist in Colorado. He's just oh. a therapist that uses the Enneagram in his practice. Okay. So yeah, that's a really good resource too, the Enne app. Really, really, really good. And I love, I would say p- share it or pay for it because you definitely have to like, it's like $1.99 to just pay for it. They put a lot of work into it, so give them the $1.99. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you can also share it and unlock it for free. Yeah. But yeah, it's so great when you get into a conversation with someone um, to be able to just open up that app and go to all the different details about Mm -hmm. the different types. And um, yeah, so I love that app. That's great. If you want to go further, uh, Beatrice Chestnuts, um, I think it's called the Complete Enneagram, 27 Paths for Transformation. Mm. Now that, that is, there is some big time work in that so wow uh but if if like you're like i want to know more that's a great resource it yeah. talks a lot about subtypes which we didn't talk about today but it's it's just it's a really 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 good resource and the last thing i would say too is and take it for what you want to take it for but suzanne says that she believes that if you're doing enneagram work having a therapist is really really helpful oh, it's yeah. really hard to do this work alone mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean every week it doesn't necessarily have to mean every month if you're good but even like twice a year you know like having a check-in um having some or having somebody that really knows the enneagram well as a way to just kind of check your motives mm-hmm. um so that's good um yeah those are the resources that i would i would suggest we're a big big fan and we definitely promote counseling great i feel like that's a mm-hmm. really healthy thing yes. to do not to be self-obsessed or do too much introspection but to to be healthy yeah. Yeah. and to make sure that you're so good. Yeah. In touch with yourself. But um, man, Thomas, this was phenomenal. I'm so thrilled that we finally got to do this. Yeah. It's been great. Thank you. I'm, I'm honored you it. guys invited me. So. Yeah. Um, so listeners, um, we're going to put all these resources in the show notes so that you have access to them. And um, we, if you have any questions for us, we obviously still have access to Thomas. So be, be, feel free to email us at hello at collectiveworkshops.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and be sure to rate and review us and share these episodes. The This is like such a great overview of the Enneagram, yeah. these two episodes. Um, so we would really appreciate your, uh, your support and sharing. 
Thanks, Thomas. Thanks yeah, for being here. This was Thanks so much fun. Time. Thank you, guys. We hope you have a great week and we'll be back next time. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you would help spread the word. Check back here for weekly episodes dropping every Thursday. You can follow Collected on social media at Collected Workshops. Find The Collected Podcast on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash The Collected Podcast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Become a patron for as little as $1 a month to gain access to bonus content, early bird ticket sales, exclusive contests, and more. You can also find Tia at Tia McNally Notes, Jess at Spreza Foundry, and Michaela at The Creative Space NC. Collected proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a nonprofit working to prevent and support unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. Learn more at flourishkenya.org. Support for The Collected Podcast is provided by Clean Juice. Learn more at cleanjuice.com and be sure to check out their lifestyle arm at wellhappyandkind.com. Podcast recorded by Jacob Early. Music by Asaf Alon.